we, you know, our, our parents would applaud us, you know, when we didn't lie and, you know, told the truth. They would applaud us in sports or plays and whatever we participated in growing up, they would just applaud us. So we, we learned, you know, we were learning to, you know, do the right thing. And then um, those who, even in class, think about it. I can remember, like, when the teachers would ask questions and we, you know, I'd see students raise their hands, I didn't know the answer, so naturally I couldn't raise mine. Then I was, I can, I can remember trying to hide behind a student in front of me so that the teacher wouldn't call on me, because sometimes, you know, they would call on people whose hands weren't raised. And so I would, um, it was one of those things because I didn't know. So you feel, you feel kind of, you know, some type of anxiety because you don't know, you feel like, no, there's that fear. Whereas when you feel like you're right, I know the answer, and you raise your hand, and it's like, like you feel like some type of, you know, safety and control. You know, it's like, so those feelings were instilled when we were so little, this thing about right and wrong. But we as believers, it's not about right. It's about being righteous. It's about our righteousness. So then, um, remember, um, you know, even in sports, think about it. Even in sports, you know, you wanted to be, you know, the one on, you wanted to make the highest scores. You wanted to, you know, just being the one to get the applause, get being the one to, to get the prize for most valuable player. It's like, you know, I did right above everybody else because I'm awarded this MVP, you know? So then we come to, stay with me, then we come to, we start working, we get into the workforce. And then, even on our jobs, say we mess up on our jobs, we don't want to own it because there might be some repercussions. So even in that area, it's like, you know, you always want to be on the side of right. Always. But right doesn't really, always, isn't always right. And I think you'll get that, you'll you follow that. I think you'll follow that as, as we continue. Um, because the scriptures, in the scriptures it doesn't tell us, it doesn't talk about being right. That's what happens right in ourselves. Because think about it, if we are, if our aspiration is to be right, so that people can applaud us, so that people can, can um, kind of look at us as being an exception, um, um, well, he's right, or she's right, or the attention is ours. We are getting a, throwing attention to ourselves. It has nothing to do about God, a God in our life, nothing to do about God. It's just us. And then we like, <laughs> we like saying, say we did make, the, say we, you know, we made the right decision in something and somebody comes back to us, say, and we love being able to position ourselves and say, I told you so. I told you so. That's somebody that likes being right, and that's their way of applauding themselves. It has nothing to do with God. Nothing to do with God. Um, let's go to. Let's go. Let's go to the scriptures. We're going to start at. We're going to start at Proverbs fourteen twelve. Proverbs fourteen twelve. But before we get there, I do want to say that when we have that attitude about being right, that I want to be right. It can really hinder our growth spiritually. Why do I say that? 
You don't need to grow because you're right. You understand what I'm saying? You know, you're, you're right. So yeah, it can truly hinder your growth. And then um, let's take let's take politics and religion. We're not going to talk about it now. We're just mentioning politics and religion. Both in politics, they all believe they're right. It's about being right. In religion, you have all the different sects because they believe they're right. Yes, they believe they're right. But look how many we have. I don't even know how many. Or which I don't know. I have no. I have no idea. And then you have about how many religions there are. But then you have the politics. Like here, we have the the main. You know, the main two. And then there's the third section. And so they're kind of somewhere in the middle. You know. You got the extremes to the left, the extreme to the right, and then there's that middle. So it's like you just find some place to fit. Still not about God. It's about finding a place to fit. With religion, it's about finding a place to fit. Finding a place that okay, I can yeah, I can believe this way. Yeah, I like this group. They yeah, they're saying what I want to hear. Or I like that group. Whatever the case may be. Finding a place to fit. Not saying that it's, that it's God. Not saying that it's Jesus who is truly as a strong, as, who's truly at the center of it all. So let's go to let's go to what's the first scripture I said? Proverbs 14, 12. I need to look my Bible again. Proverbs, Proverbs 14, 12 reads, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. There is a way that seems right unto man, but at the end is death. And it seems right to me. It seems right. So think about it. And the two things, areas I mentioned, politics, religion, and, and life, period. But I just mentioned those two areas. These people all feel that they're right. They will fight to the death because they feel that they're right. It seems right to man. But look at the end of it. Look at the end. And let's go from there. Let's, we're in Proverbs still. Let's go to Proverbs 3. And we're going to read verses 1 through 7. We'll go over to Proverbs 3. Lord, be to God. And we're going to read verses 1 through 7. And this reads, My son, forget not my law. My son, do not forget my word. Do not forget my word. But let thy heart keep my commandments. Get my word into your heart. This is from our Father. He's telling us, get his word into our hearts. That's why we stress the word so much. And we stress knowing the word so you can live by the word. You want to live by it. This is our constitution, if I may, is the word of God. Well, look at it. Does this need a battery, you think? 
Maybe not. I'm going to keep trying it. We'll see. And the next verse says, there's a promise. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. In the word, keep my word. For length of days, long life, peace. These are promises to us. By attending to the word, by living from the word, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shall I find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man because of the word in us, because we live the word out of us. And listen to this. We trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Not trusting in ourselves. Not trusting in him. Because, not trusting in myself because I'm right. Or I feel that I'm right. Because this is my opinion. But trusting in the Lord with my whole heart. And leaning not to my understanding. It's not. You know. When, you know. So often when we trust God. The things that we think make sense. Don't. Because we trust God. And we, we think we should be doing this, and he has us doing the opposite. And sometimes we go against his, his will for us because we're thinking it doesn't make sense to them. After the fact, we find out, I should have listened. That's what we say. I should have listened. Yes. Because he knows. We trust him, he knows, and we listen. And we don't lean to our own understanding. And in all my ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Be not wise in thy own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. When you're right, or when you think you're right, that's, you know, you think you have your wisdom, and you depend on your wisdom, you lean towards your wisdom, because you're right, because you know it all. No. There are no promises with that. He doesn't want us leaning on our own understanding, trusting our own understanding, trusting our own thoughts, trusting what we think is right. He doesn't want us doing that. We, he wants us trusting totally and completely on him. He who knows all things. Doesn't that just make sense? To trust on him who knows all things, instead of on ourselves, with such limited knowledge, if you want to call it knowledge in a lot of cases. But anyway, don't be wise in our own eyes. Don't feel, don't, don't just think we're right, that we know it all. So let's go to Deuteronomy 6.18, if we will. Deuteronomy 6.18, we're gonna go over there. Deuteronomy 6.18, and it reads, And thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest go in. Go in and possess the good land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers. Here's another promise. Here's another promise with, it comes with. Thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord. That which is right and good in the sight of the Lord. So instead of us wanting to do right because we think we should do right, we need to find out if it's right in the sight of the Lord. 
Why not? Because, you know, sometimes we can do the right thing, quote, right thing, but there's motive behind it. So if you're doing what you call, what you're calling right, but there's a reason that you're doing it because of because you can gain something in return, then you're not doing the right thing for the right reason because there's motive. And so often, yeah, we want to see what we can get. But what we actually want in our life as believers is we're in living out of our righteousness. It's not about what we can get. Because in living out of our righteousness, we know that we're cared for, we know that we're provided for, and we know that God rewards us. Because we have favor with God and man. So he rewards us. And it is so awesome knowing that he rewards us. Let's turn over to Ephesians now. Glory be to God. Glory, 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 glory. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 6, verses. We're going to start at verse 3. Ephesians 6, I'm sorry, verse 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 3. Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 3. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. I'm sorry. I am so sorry. I thought they were there. I was going to read for the Bible, but I wanted the people to see the words. Okay. I'm sorry I didn't make myself clear. I'm surprised no one, well, someone may have said something on the screen. Here we are. Glory be to God. So that's what, you know, we truly, truly, righteousness. It's not about being right. It's not about doing right. It's about being being righteous. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Obey your parents in the Lord. Parents, it's up to us. It's up to us to not get caught up in the world's way of thinking or the world's way of doing things. It's up to us to bring up our children in the Lord. Bring them up in the Lord so that they will, and the children, and honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise. And bringing them up in the Lord, and it's not, it's not just throwing scriptures at them, but it's living, it's knowing the word, it's speaking the word, it's living the word. It's truly the word becoming a part of our life, and we live our life according to the word of God. So then our parent, our children see, they see God. They see God based on the life that we live. So they are, whether they know it or not, whether they realize it, as, you know, of not when they're young, but as they grow up, and as they're faced with things, as they're faced with life, they've already seen how their parents, who are in the Lord, dealt with life, how their parents trusted God, how their parents prayed, how their parents were involved in the church, how their parents called on the name of Jesus. They will have their parents who went before them, 
who lived this life before them so they can also teach their children and their children and their children. We were saying earlier, from generation to generation to generation, glory be to God. And there's a promise, and it says, with, um, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. There's a promise. This, our God, who's our Father, he has so many promises for us. And he wants us to take advantage and to live out of these promises that he has for us. Because it's not about doing right. It's about righteousness. It's about doing what's right in not in our eyes, but in the eyes of the Lord, what pleases God. Glory be to God. And it will be right because it pleases God. Thank you, Lord. Let's go over to Acts now. Acts chapter 4. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I will get there in a minute. I said Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. He is so good. Acts 4 13. We will start. This is Peter and John, and you guys remember. They were um, <laughs> talking about Jesus. Glory be to God. Let's start in verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, these are the, the elders, the you know, people, politicians, people in the council. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed, standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves. So here's a man who had been healed, and all of Jerusalem knew that had witnessed this. So they, they Peter and John before them, but now they sent them out, and they're saying, okay, what are we going to do about this thing? What are we going to do? Because all Jerusalem knows, so how do we handle it? They're talking amongst themselves. Um, but when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, what shall we do to these men? For they indeed, for that indeed a noble miracle had been done by them, is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it, but that it spread no further among the people. Let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you, more than unto God. 
you judge. So they're saying, do not teach, do not preach in the name of Jesus. Don't do it. And they come back and with, would it be right in the sight of God to listen to you or to listen to God? What's right? To you or to listen to God? And with that, I'm saying, who are, you, who are we listening to? Who are we listening to? Are we listening to God? Are we listening to the news or talk radio or our friends or blogs or, I mean, who are we listening to? Whoever you're listening to, you should be listening and your answer should be God. Because that's who we should listen to. Because think about it. If you want answers, go to the person who has the answers. If you want peace of mind, go to the person who has peace of mind. Go to the person that can help. Go to the person that can help. That's what we do. So who, who are you listening to? Your friends? You go to them and say, what, what should I do? No, if you're doing it, stop. Please go to God. He knows. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows that part of the story that you're not going to tell your friends or you're not going to tell your counselor. He knows the whole story. So if you want answers, go to him because he has the answers. Glory be to God. So this is who we listen to. But you don't want your friend coming back and saying, I told you so. Okay. Because it's like being right, we're going to go to Matthew 6.33 as well. Being right, when you just want to be right, it's about your ego. It's really about, it's about your ego. You just want to be a, you just want to be right. And what, does God get any glory in that? Think about it. Does God get any glory in you just being right because you want to be right? And we want to live a life that glorifies God. We truly do. And it's, there's really, there's humility in the fact that when people do come back to you, let them say you were right. Don't you say, I told you so. If you were correct, let them say it. And they're going to, because you're humble enough, if they come, if they're hum you're humble enough that you're not going to take anything on onto yourself. You're going to pass. You're going to pass it on to God. You're going to give them the glory. And I said Matthew six thirty three, right? Matthew six thirty three. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. In the church, in the church today, we're having. There's, there's some talk about we're right about righteousness, about we about we're not we're there's none righteous. And there are none righteous in themselves. We're talking about the righteousness that we are in Christ Jesus, because the scripture says he has made us righteous. When we understand what Jesus did. Pastor and I were talking just this week, I think it was, when we were having this conversation. And it's like, why does it, 
What? What sense does it make for Jesus to have come and to have done all that he did in his death, burial, resurrection, his ascension, did all he did, and then we're still tied to sin, and we're still not right, we're still the same way. Why did he come if it didn't make a difference? He came because it made a difference. Because we are no longer, sin no longer lords over us, we're no longer in bondage to sin. Now, because of what Jesus did, we've been made righteous. So it's his righteousness in us. So we need to, we need to get that, that, that knowing to know who he is, yes, but who he is in us. The power that we have in us through his death, burial, and his resurrection. In us, resurrection life that is in us. That's why we need to know him. We need to truly know him. Not knowing of him, knowing what he did to the, to the you know, to say, well, he, you know, he healed the sick. The sick are still being healed. He raised the dead. There, there's still been deaths. People have still been risen, have risen from the dead. He, um, people have been, are still being delivered. Miracles are still being performed. It's still happening. And it's happening because of what he did in his finished work. He finished his course. He's resting, and we're resting in him. And if we can understand that to the fullness that we are truly resting in Jesus, that we are victorious because of Jesus, if that can become our reality, we are one to be reckoned with. The world has nothing on us, nothing. Glory be to God is knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. That's what we need to know. Glory be to God. 1 Peter chapter 2. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2. God is so good. He's good. To, he is so good to us. So good to us. 1 Peter chapter 2, 24. We're very familiar. Who? His own self bear our sins in his body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness. Why do we want to hold on to sin but not hold on to righteousness? Why do we want to constantly bring up our sins and other people's sins but not acknowledge we're righteous? Why do we why do we have this, this, this connection? We can connect to Adam and his sin and not connect to the second Adam and his power over sin. Think about that. Think about it. Because for some reason, we'd rather, we prefer being right, being right instead of righteous. We'd rather be right. Oh, whatever it is. That's the side. That's the side we're on, the side of right. No. As believers, as 
You're on the side of righteousness. Righteousness. Because in righteousness, we're going to live this life the way the Lord would have us live this life. We won't get caught up in the way the world thinks we should do things, or our popular opinion, or even the way that I think I should do stuff. Because the way I think I should do stuff could be not be his way. Because with him, because another thing, because with Christ, no, I'll get there in a minute. Let's go to First Timothy now. And we're going to read 1 Timothy 6. And we're going to start at verse, we're going to read 1 Timothy 6, verse 11. 1 Timothy 6, 11. But thou, O man of God, flee these things. And it's talking, in, it's talking about the old man. Remember, that, if you guys haven't listened, please go back and listen to the last two, last week's message about the old man and new man, and then the message before that as well. Listen to those messages because this is talking about the prior to that is talking about the old man, how the old man handles some things. But let's look at verse six. But thou, O man of God, flee these things. And follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. And meekness is the abundant resources of God at our command. Jesus was meek. Jesus had and knew he had all, the, all that God had at his command. Glory be to God. Infinite resources at his command. So, we can accept that. We can accept being with patience. We know Jesus was patient. And we know that we are to be patient. It's a gift. We accept that. Love, we accept. Faith, we accept. And we know that faith works by love. We accept that. We thank God for that. Glory be to God. Godliness. Yes. It's holiness, godliness. We accept that. We accept it. We embrace that. Righteousness. We got a problem. Explain that to me. We can accept it all, but when it comes to righteousness, we want to say, but no, we'll go to the scripture, but there's none righteous. Not in, not in and of yourself. We won't say, we won't say none have faith. We won't say none have love. We won't say that. But we'll say, oh no, they're not righteous. We are righteous in Christ. And he wants us. He wants us to get that. He wants us to know who we are. This whole walk is about knowing who we are in the family of God. In any family, in any home that you go into, when you become a part of that family, even in their home, you know, you abide by their rules. You learn how things, this is how we operate. So now that we're in the kingdom of God, we learn how things operate. And we learn that he keeps no good thing from us. We know that he is our father who is God. God is our father. It don't get no better than that. It gets no better than that. So it is so awesome. It's so much, you know, that we teach here. And we teach 
We want all of us, we want us to understand that without first, Matthew 6.33, without first understanding our righteousness, it's going to be so difficult. It's going to be such a struggle to understand all that is ours because when we understand our righteousness, it opens the door to everything else. But if we're not understanding our righteousness, we don't see ourselves worthy of all that's already ours. And it's already ours. But if we don't understand that we're righteous, that this is mine. I've been made righteous so I can walk and live in faith and love and I can have joy and peace and that nothing will be take nothing will, will be withheld from me because he has only good for me. My father wants only good for me. My father doesn't want me sick. My father wants me healed because of what Jesus has done. My father wants me to have peace and when I lay my head down to sleep and he says, I will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. He wants my mind to be in perfect peace. He doesn't want me dealing with anxiety. Anxiety for what? When Jesus conquered that too, anything that's not like God has been conquered because of what Jesus did. But if I don't see that I'm righteous, I'm not going to see that I'm worthy. And I am worthy because he's made me worthy. I triumph because Jesus won the victory so that I can triumph in it. He did that. He did it for me. He did it for you. Because we are kings here. We are above every situation. We don't, we're not fighting the devil. He's defeated. How are you going to fight somebody that's been defeated? If you don't know that you're righteous, you're going to still fight. And your foe is defeated. These are, this is who we are. We have been made righteous. So we can enjoy our righteousness. Contrary to what anybody may say, we enjoy our righteousness. That's who we are. That's why when situ situations arise, and they will arise, it doesn't put you in a bubble that you're walking around thinking that your world is perfect, that nothing will, you won't have any trials, any tribulations. No. When the, it puts you in a place that when the trials and tribulations come, they don't overpower you because they've already been overpowered. And because of your righteousness and you know that you're righteous, you stand on that. You stand on the word of God and you see the word of God handling the situation because you will not be moved from the word of God. Nowhere in the scriptures is it going to tell you that you are less, less than any situation that may come up. It's not going to tell you that you're defeated. It's not going to tell you that anything is over you, but that you're over it, that you've conquered it. You have to see, we have to see ourselves the way Jesus sees us. Not the way the world sees us. Not the way our family or friends or even people see us. We have to see ourselves the way the Word of God sees us. We have to line up to the Word of God. The Word of God isn't going to come down to where we are. We line up to the Word of God. And the Word of God has already defeated any and everything that we may be faced with. And the great thing about it, the great thing about opposition, 
is that it gives you another chance to see how big God is. So we don't despise tri tribulations or trials when they come. We, you, that's why we welcome them with joy. Because God, you get a chance to show who you are again. We get to see you move in this situation again. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how long. It takes so many times. We, we don't get to see God work because we choose to opt out. And we choose to make our choice because we think our choice is right. We're going to do what we want to do because we think it's the right thing to do. So now we've opted to make a decision. So we didn't even give God the chance to work out the situation so he would get the glory. We want him to get the glory. So go through that thing. Go through that thing. And let him work it out. Go through it and see how great it is on the other side. We can settle for whatever happens when we choose to do what we think is right. But I tell you, when you go through it and you let God perform a miracle, you let the faith work through it, you let faith take you through it because faith works by love, and you love through it and faith through it, and it gets to the end, and you can say, only God. And that's what you want to say. Only God, because you had nothing to do with it. The only thing you did was you believed. You trusted God. You trusted that his will would be done in that situation. And his will is only good for you. As any father, a father's will is only good for their children. Glory be to God. That's why righteousness is so important to us. That we understand we have been made righteous. We have been made righteous. We are. We are all that God says we are. We have all of his promises. They are yes and amen. When you go to, when you're reading your scriptures, look for what's yours. See yourself in the scriptures. See yourself. Don't exclude yourself. See yourself in the scriptures. That's what he wants us to do. Yes. When I read the scriptures and I see Jesus walking, honestly, I envision that I'm there in that crowd. In my mind's eye, I see myself there in the city. And I'm seeing him doing these things. Put yourself, when Jesus came, he opened the scriptures and he read from Isaiah and he says, today this is fulfilled in your sight. Jesus saw himself in the scriptures. I'm sure his mother had told him about these things, but when he he saw himself, he saw himself, he saw the prophets in the prophets, they were prophesying of him coming, and he saw himself. Let's see ourselves on this side. Let's see ourselves victorious. Let's see ourselves being the, the, the light, and we are the light in the darkness. We are that light, and they need it. This world needs what we have, needs who we have. The world needs it. Let's not sit back and blend in. No, 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 let's not, let's not blend in anymore. We don't want to blend in. We want to stand out so that Jesus will shine and his love will shine. And we can give and we can share our faith. We can share his love. We can embrace this lost and dying generation 
with Jesus. That's who we are. We are children of the Most High God. We're not alone. We'll never be alone because of Christ in us. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. If there's anyone listening in our Facebook family who wants to experience this life that we have, it's available to you. And the scripture tells us if we will confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved. And salvation is Jesus. Salvation is only through Jesus. And the way we get once that the process to get saved, say it, and believing it in our hearts is the way we live this new life that's only found in Jesus. We say the word and we believe the word in our hearts. That's why there's a struggle goes on because we're battling with ourselves. But it's saying and believing the word. It's saying and believing the word. The same way we come in to the new family, to this family, is the same way we live this life. Throughout is saying and believing in our heart. Not in our head, but in our heart. So if you would ask Jesus to come into your heart, ask Jesus to come and live inside of you. Ask Jesus to be your Lord. He will. He'll take up his abode. He says, you live in me and I live in you. It's an exchange. It's his life for your life. Give your life to him. He's already given his life for you. Therein is salvation. And the angels, angels rejoice when one person accepts Jesus into their heart as their Lord and their Savior. All of heaven rejoices. That's how important it is. And then get into the Bible, get into a church that teaches Jesus, that teaches Jesus is alive, and his word is alive, and this life is alive. <laughs> it is a, we are full of life. We are full of life and love and faith. And he has made us righteous. Glory be to God. So that's my message to, to the church. It's not about being right. It's about being righteous. It's about learning who we are and living who we are in Jesus Christ. So we love you. We love you. Have a blessed week. Thanks for joining us. And go in faith, trusting, and believing that Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God.